0: Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell, be they sad, amazing or even inspirational. I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts.
1: Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.
0: Steph Shulton, thank you very much for talking to me on Human Stories. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. At the moment, we have got some sunshine as opposed to rain, so enjoying the sunshine at the moment, Tony.
0: (laughs) That's good, that's good. Okay, well, we get rain here in France as well. In fact, we had like a storm last night, and you should see the state of the terrace. It's (laughs) it's covered in leaves and debris and everything else, so I've got to go and sweep it in a minute. But there you go. (laughs) We we like all the different types of weather. It'll be hot again in a minute. So, um... Uh, I have to mention that you're married to Peter Shilton, the awesome goalkeeper who played for England that everybody knows, uh, Peter Shilton, MBE, OBE. And um, the, your story, I guess, starts with the problems that Peter had with gambling.
1: Yes, Yes, it did. So I'm really pleased to be able to tell you, Tony, that he quit seven and a half years ago, which is amazing. Wow. And he worked through all his his triggers and 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 didn't. Didn't go back to it. You know, I I believe he never, ever will. Um, So, yeah, he'd done amazing. But he had had the chronic addiction for for over 45 years. So that was his entire adult life, which is very sad.
0: It is. Um, What do you think um, triggered it? Obviously, um, uh, he was probably earning some fairly decent money being a, a professional footballer. Um, although in the old days they didn't earn as much as they do now do they (laughs) but um, no
1: not quite (laughs) was was it
0: was it the fact that he you know he had spare cash and uh he was bored or something what do you think caused peter to gamble in that way
1: no i think gambling is an illness i liken it to heroin abuse i think you can have just one great win and you get such a high from it and such a rush from it that Mm -hmm. you become an addict quite quickly, which is what's dangerous about it. So I've I've studied it and I do think it's very much like heroin. And I think in Peter's case, he was having massive highs at the age of 15. He was walking into Wembley Stadium in front of 90,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's quite a rush for a 15-year-old lad. Mm -hmm. And so I think he became, uh, you know, addicted to the rush and, and, and gambling gave him that. Because a gambler, even when they're losing, the biggest rush they get is when they start the gambling session and they've got the money. So even if they're losing, they're still on a high, um, which is, is always quite a shock to those that don't quite understand gambling addiction.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, uh, well uh, you're doing a good job of explaining um how it is to the world, basically, with uh, the gambling addiction thing. So, something good is coming out of uh, Peter's problems.
1: Yes. And we both made that decision, Tony, like two and a half years ago. So, Pete was five years into his recovery and I needed time to recover as a loved one you know you need that time as well and we just started hearing more and more about suicides particularly in young in youngsters because of gambling addiction and then we were quite shocked to find statistics it's not being correctly audited but uh, at least one suicide in the UK every day as a result of gambling addiction and these these beautiful young lives are being lost you know when you know they, they could reach out for help and then that's when we decided that was our only reason for coming out and speaking um, and we just thought we'd do one interview on Good Morning Britain and that would be it but it's not it's it's took us on a tremendous journey um, you know we've written books which offer lots of help and raise so much awareness we know that we've saved some lives um we've certainly changed some lives and it's it's just been incredible um Mm. and you know so we're on that quest really um so yeah the time was right you know you can't come out and do something like that it was so brave of Peter to do that Mm. um especially being a footballer and you know you're quite right in in the the legend that he that he you know he is to come out and um, publicly talk about it for the first time in his life was incredibly brave but we know the good it's delivered
0: yeah well these young people that you mentioned that are in trouble with uh, with gambling addiction and and then they contemplate or carry out suicide why why is it because they run out of money or they feel in such a their lives are a mess what do you think triggers the suicides
1: yeah I mean sadly um Tony, two, I think there's two massive symptoms of gambling addiction. One is the conscience. So the conscience completely suppresses, you know, so, you know, they they don't feel bad about the lies that they're doing to try and get the money because the money fuels the addiction. That's the heroin to the heroin addict. And so I think, I think that's the, and then the other symptom is obviously debt. So I think, with these suicides, a lot of that's come around because they do feel ashamed, which which is terrible that they're feeling like that. They feel they've got nowhere to turn. But a lot of the cases that we know of, they actually feel, sorry, Tony, they actually feel that um, it's never going to go away. Mm. They feel that they're going to end up being an addict forever. They right. can't find a way out because it's so powerful. People don't realise it's such a powerful addiction. Um, and we need to change the language on that, Tony. We, we need to understand that as the illness that it is.
0: Yeah, sure. And um, do you think that, um, you know, the, these young people are, are more susceptible to turn to crime, for example, to try and find money to gamble with?
1: No, not necessarily. There is a link, certainly, on fraud. We're, you know, we're, we're noticing, I'm certainly noticing, because um, a lot of loved ones are coming to me now, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, and I, I am noticing there's more fraud being done. So credit cards are being, uh, being stolen, um, from, but it's mainly from the loved ones that the addict does that from. All right. um, so because, as I say, they need the money to feed the habit. Okay. So I think yes, you're you're quite right. Crime definitely is, but it seems to be more in a fraudulent way.
0: Yeah, understand. Um, as far as Peter's uh, problems concerned, I mean, how did you handle it in the early days? And did he try and hide it from you? Uh, what happened in in those days?
1: yeah because gambling addiction is very secretive and that's what's so difficult about it and and often a gambler doesn't know that they're an addict which is even more frustrating so I it was very difficult for me so we were like living a life of cat and mouse really because he was in complete denial and you, you know, had 45 years of hiding things very defensive he's a goalie isn't he so yep. he's very good at being defensive <laughs> <laughs> Really? And you know, so they're very good at hiding things. Um, so as a loved one, you know, you 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 tipping round and trying to evidence what your gut feeling is telling you. And I always say to people, if you have a gut feeling, go with it because you know it's normally always right. If you're thinking, hold on, they're going out on their phone too much, mm. they're spending a lot of time on the laptop very secretive and possessive with their phone. Mm. You know, money disappearing, always hard up. You know, these are these are the key things that, that you notice. And I started to notice that, obviously, quite quickly.
0: The signs to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, what advice would you give to somebody who is in your position, with your experience, uh, who has a partner who's addicted to gambling?
1: Reach out you know, reach out, I, I, it was very, very lonely time for me because as a notoriety of my husband, I, I, you know, felt I couldn't trust anyone. And also I thought Pete, my, my closest friends and family would probably say to me, Steph, get the hell out of it. And I didn't want to do that. I was in, you know, madly in love with Peter. He was with me. And on the whole, we had a very solid loving relationship and I wasn't going to walk out on him. Um, but um, I think my advice would be go with your gut feeling. Don't feel guilty about opening that bank statement. I sat for three days with the bank statement of Peter's, and I knew that bank statement when I opened it was going to confirm my my fears. You will have some shocks. I had a massive shock. I had actually had an anxiety attack when I when I saw the bank statement. Um, you will have shocks. Um And I think my advice would be also protect yourself. So I, I didn't have a joint account with Peter. I certainly didn't have a savings account with him either. <laughs> so separate your finances. Yeah. You know, it's the first thing you do is protect yourself. Obviously, if it, there's a link to domestic violence, then you need to get out. But go with your gut feeling, but also understand, don't take it personally. Understand those lies are a syndrome of that illness yeah. and they are ill look at it as an illness not yeah. a hobby that's gone wrong somebody
0: it's needs, not yeah somebody, somebody needs help hmm.
1: yes definitely
0: okay tell me about this charity now it sounds fantastic it's called the six to ten um what what's in the title
1: Ah, oh, it's it's fantastic tony actually um it, the aura is um a a 30-year charity that it's that is is so experienced in all addiction and um, they're based in Bristol and um, they look out after the whole of Wales and all the West country um, and they are now commissioned to help and support gambling addicts and as part of that they've Set up a pilot which is called 6 to 10. Now, in Queensland, in Australia's um, university, they did a study a couple of years ago um, on loved ones and they identified that between six and 10 individuals become affected per one gambler. So, if you look huh? at the UK, we've currently the latest YouGov survey estimates 1.4 million individuals in the United Kingdom alone are affected by gambling harm. So if you times that by 6 to 10 individuals, there's a lot of people in this country and worldwide probably that are being hurt by gambling harm. Um, So the 6 to 10 project has been set up. It's a pilot for two years. And what happens is you get assigned, I'm one of the um, project workers as well, So you get assigned to someone like myself. So a loved one phones in, they can come in directly or be referred in. You'll get someone like myself and I talk you through all that crisis management. I'm there beside you. So I'll help you. I go and get debt advice for you. I get legal advice for you. I can get counselling for you, Um, social care if you've got problems with the mortgage because – Often it's the crisis management that you need. You know, I have individuals that come to me and literally the husband or the wife has sat down and all of a sudden they've found out they're in a hundred grand's worth of debt or, you know, there's an eviction notice in place. Um, So it's that crisis management. And so you get someone like myself for three months to help you through all that emotion and all that financial destruction, because it's probably the most traumatic thing someone will go through in their lives, you
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that sounds so specifically um, targeted at um, the loved ones. Affected others, I think is the phrase, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. I call myself a loved one, though, yeah. um, because I think, um, but yes, they do say that you've been affected. Because the recovery from gambling addiction, Tony, can take years. Financially, you have financial scars. You have emotional scars. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to work through a lot of trust because all of a sudden, in this, when you're in that crisis state and you've just found out, you look back and you think, it's like there's been an affair. It's like there's been a third party in your relationship, mm-hmm. this secret third party. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the deceit comes out, you know. And for a lot of individuals, that's very painful. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of um, spouses find that very hard to deal with that, you know, they've lied to me. have mm-hmm. had this secret going on for so many years or so many months. Yeah. And that's got to be worked through. And that takes time.
0: Yeah, very difficult. Um, for for both parties in a relationship, and and has um, Peter now? He's sort of come out, or when he came out, if that's the right phrase, um, with uh, with his problem, and um, he, he confided in you in it, and obviously you helped him an, an awful lot, as you described. Um, for him, was it a, a huge relief? Was it? Did it make him feel better, as well as being able to stop the gambling?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was starting to really affect his well-being. And the morning that he he um, he he quit, he said to me, "I'm going to have to quit because I'm scared I'm going to lose you." And he literally fell on me, and it was a ton of weight. We, we toppled over, and it was almost like forty-five years had come out in that moment. It was it was incredible, Tony, and we just sobbed, and. It was to me, I knew you know, I was determined to beat the bookie. I knew that I'd got this uh, inv- huge invasion in my relationship. And I was like, I am going to I'm going to win this man over <laughs> if it's the last thing I do. Yeah. And so it it for him it was a massive relief. But people think we then ran into the sunset hand in hand. We didn't. We climbed a mountain side by side because I was shocked. He went through full bone with, withdrawal. He doesn't mm. remember that first week. Right. You know, he, he, he was having night sweats, tremors, um, terrible insomnia, um, terrible highs and lows. You know, he went through full bone withdrawal, which shocked me. And then after about a year, he settled down. But I would say the first three months were really tough, really tough. Um, and he had to reprogram his whole life, mm. you know. So it, it's it's a long road of recovery. It really is. is it a people question, are shocked it, by that.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, is it a question of stopping dead, like cold turkey, to use yes. uh, drug drug terms, or, or do you gradually? I suppose if you gradually tried no. to stop, then you'd still be gambling, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. No. Peter said that for him. He says to every addict. The only way you'll do it is like, stop, you have to cold turkey. Mm. And that's what's so difficult. That's why, you know, in the book, he talks a lot about triggers because the triggers, he said in the beginning, they come hard and fast. Um, You know, so you have to have the tools to be able to cope with that, whereas with me Peter, I suppose, because I'd had that NHS background, I knew a bit about addiction and withdrawal because I'd worked in a special care baby unit. So I'd seen babies and mums withdrawing. Um, so I, I I, got it. I understood it. Mm. Um, and there where the tr- triggers come in. Um, but, you know, he, he talks a lot about that in his book. Uh, but he said the triggers eventually go. They do go. Mm. Um, and so with me, I was just very patient. You know, sometimes we'd be out for lunch and he'd just order a meal and all of a sudden he'd say to me, Steph, I've got to go home. So the restlessness was really bad. And I'd be, yeah, that's fine. It's okay. We'll go home. Mm. We'll do it again tomorrow. It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, so we just made sure we worked through it together. And he got into golf and we did daily walks. So the fresh air and the exercise was really helping with his well-being. Mm-hmm. Um and the golf was was a godsend i noticed because we'd start going out and playing golf and that would really help with the withdrawal
0: he's lucky to have you isn't
1: he oh i oh thank you he says that so yeah he he does say that um but it's made us an incredibly strong couple mm. you know when you come through something like that together um you know, you weather that storm, don't you, as a couple, and and it and it strengthens you. And yeah, I think we're so bonded because of it. Yeah,
0: that's good. What would you say to somebody listening to this on Human Stories who um, thinks that their partner or their loved one it has got a gambling problem? Um, what would you say to them, um, and especially about the, the charity? Uh, the six to 10.
1: I think mainly is try as hard as it is with gambling addiction, it's a mental illness, and the mental strain and the anguish that the addict goes through is totally underestimated. So I think for a loved one, understand that, and particularly with parents, because I have a lot of parents come on to me, and you know we want to be disciplinaries, don't we, with our with our children, mm. um, and even when they're in their young twenties. So my advice would be. Is please look at it as an illness take it as serious as it is and have some understanding because if you put pressure on the addict by saying you know oh you've got and done this look at all this you know you're just putting more pressure on them which make them feel even worse about the situation they're in so I think don't lend money is the first advice I'd give stop any any form of money tell all their friends tell all the other relatives do not lend money. You say no, quite simply no, cut off the 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 addiction um, and get help for them. It's out there. And as I say, like with us with a six to ten, um, you know, with it, we're there for you. We've all got lived experience and we've all got a huge background in in mental health. Um, I I qualified as a therapist. I got my diploma last year. Um, you know, so there there's there is the help out there, reach out don't don't suffer in silence
0: great uh, great advice thank you very much steph for talking to me it's been fascinating um your the charity is the 6 to is the website and um, we'll put that in text that goes with this uh, episode as well thank you so much um once again for talking to me on human stories and give our best to peter of course
1: thank you so much tony thank you thank you very
0: much Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll inspire or help others. Get in touch if you have a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to reach your own audience, or if you'd like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com
1: Human Stories with Tony Lloyd